0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Feb on Film. I am going to be talking with the wonderful Alison about Barbie. I'm not doing my usual spiel uh, at the front of this because it's Barbie. This is not a film that is unfairly maligned. Well, maybe by some certain quarters. Um, (laughs) We're looking at you, white conservative men. but it's another film much like Pride and Prejudice that I think we need to talk about and mostly Alison and I just wanted to talk about it because I saw it and in, right. like, in our group chat just the word Barbie in capital letters and Alison was like, right, well, we're talking about it but um, I also think it lends really nicely to what feminine film is about about female-led, female-created Films for women and I think this is a nice start along with Pride and Prejudice to maybe expanding what feminine film is about and I'm 100% on board with that because it means I get to talk about these amazing films with amazing women so Barbie
1: yeah it's a celebration of women creating things like it's not the underrated things but like wow this actually happened because the (laughs) phenomenon of Barbie has been very validating for me just as a woman in the world and I have been digest, I'm not a person who is a person who is always watching the like interview clips of people, but I really have been devouring all of them. Ryan Gosling, Margot Robbie, Issa, America, all these, Michael Sarah. I just love hearing them and Greta Gerwig, obviously, and hearing them talk about the experience of making the film. And recently I've come across them talking about Greta and Margot about how they never thought it would be made, which is very much was my thinking watching it. Like, how did this movie get made? (laughs) What a miracle. And, and they, I think I sent the clip to you, Ria, where they're talking about the, they basically said the script was just so bonkers that the studio couldn't have like three notes about, oh, well, we're worried about you know backlash about this it was just wall to wall (laughs) potential backlash and
0: what a genius strategy I love it I love it they're like well (laughs) there's gonna be so much backlash and you're gonna have (laughs) loads of notes so what was it Margot Robbie was just was like so what's your problem with all of that at the end of the meeting? So, (laughs) so just tell me all your problems
1: like at the end of every meeting yeah she would just kind of anticipate it instead of being cowed by it, which I think many of us are when we anticipate negative feedback about something we love and stand by. She's like, okay, so what do you, what do you foresee the problems being like just running straight into it? And, and I think we see in the press and even in the film itself, like what a leader Margot Robbie is. Like she is the star of this film and the producer, but she is deeply involved it is not a vanity credit um and you feel that everywhere like kind of the joy of this female-led enterprise I feel it in the movie
0: yeah absolutely and I so I saw this two nights ago yes two nights ago I think you've been like maybe a week or two weeks it's only been out a couple of weeks two weeks I saw it opening weekend of course of course um and uh I've really been thinking about it. I've been trying to not watch too many interviews or read interviews mm-hmm. before this chat because I wanted to like, just come into this really fresh <laughs> and really excited. But some of the stuff that I have read, which was before I went and saw the film, was how Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig, working with them, was about joy and bringing everybody mm-hmm. on that joy train and mm-hmm. and it filtered down from them. And I experienced that all mm-hmm. throughout the film even the bits where i cried you know i cried quite a lot during this film yeah. and i came out feeling cuz it's you know it is a film about women about feminism about the culture that we currently live in mm-hmm. and you can come out of a film like that not feeling joyful you know you can come out of that feeling <laughs> like, oh, god like you know as i mostly do most of my time i spend going i want to smash the patriarchy and all of that sort of <laughs> stuff um mm-hmm. And I just, it just, the whole experience was pure joy beforehand. Like, see, I used to go to the cinema a lot less now that I have a child and, you know, babies mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. And although, like, all the facts and figures tell us that women watch more films than men, women go to the cinema more than men, You, I often wouldn't feel that, you know, I'd be going to see, like, Marvel films Wait. or whatever, and it's a bunch, bunch of dudes. Great, you no, know, right. I've got no problem with that. I was usually with a bunch of dudes, all of that sort of stuff. Right. And the absolute joy I felt going to a cinema on a Wednesday night at 5 40 p.m and it being just really early like most people you know are working or traveling yeah. from work and it being filled with women who are excited to go yeah. and see a film and I mean and then all throughout the film like we would we. I felt something with the audience. Yeah. which I hardly ever feel at cinema anymore as well, because, you know, it's people on their phones, there's people being annoying. There was none of that. Everyone was just there for the experience, and they were laughing and crying, and nobody was talking. And, yeah. you know, and I just, and he came out, and you felt joy when we came out, and there were people who were going into the 8pm show, and you could, just, and they were excited, and, and it was just women. Yeah. You know, so I went with my husband, and he was one of the few men there and I mean, and he absolutely loved it as well. And I, you know, I know many men who have seen it and absolutely loved it. But I was also kind of like, I kind of wish you aren't here. Like this, this female <laughs> joy that I'm experiencing is I so amazing And my for two me. sons.
1: So I really saw it with guys. Um, but I was just also all the people dressed up, you know, we oh, all, I loved it. whatever pink we had and took pictures and uh, all of us. Uh and we saw groups as we, cause we saw it at like 10 AM on a Sunday sold out. And when we were leaving huge groups going into the theater in their pink outfits and just, I mean, I don't know if you saw the picture of Malala in, in her, yeah. like just everyone embracing the joy and of this and not, and I've so appreciated there has not been too much of this, like, women saying well but what about Mm Because you will find this with women-led projects uh you know like but what about this why didn't you handle this why didn't you 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 know it's just one movie you can't do everything and I feel like a lot of people have put that aside and just been there for the celebration of it um and I've been so grateful because I was nervous that people would be too cool for it
0: yeah that's Um, what that's that's a really interesting discussion we've been having actually so somebody mm -hmm. who my other half works with um a man uh was like oh I'm I'm going to go and see Oppenheimer this this weekend I don't know if you've heard of Christopher Nolan (laughs) Kevin was like dude that's amazing dude (laughs) first of all like you can see our office and all the geek Mm -hmm. memorabilia Mm -hmm. that's everywhere like clearly I know who Christopher Nolan is I think most people know who Christopher is. Most people is. know who he is. Yeah. But he, but he was being a bit like, oh, he's like this indie darling. Christopher Nolan oh, is not do. indie anymore at all. Nope. Like he's big summer blockbuster guy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Kevin went, well, we're going to go and see Barbie. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, why would you go and see that? And Kevin was like, it's Greta Gerwig. Why would you not go and see a Greta Gerwig film? Just because it happens to be about Barbie. He's like mm-hmm. Greta Gerwig is doing Barbie. How do you not understand how amazing this is? And and it just really made me laugh. That sort of like you know, it's 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 this being seen as this big popular summer mm-hmm. film, and people are going to see it in droves. And then it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just so amazing. You know, I I've had I've heard one person say oh they didn't like it because they're expecting to go and see a rom-com and i was like well that's on you that is on you
1: because you or you never played with barbies because (laughs) it is so not what it's about i mean my barbies had like a ton of sex don't get me wrong so much sex but (laughs) it was never like a romantic comedy it was just you know getting it done which i think is you know kind of barbie's vibe in this film and in in general like it is a woman's world and and I think for me, it was just the immersion in also just, yeah, being reminded of being a young girl. And it's even more prevalent now where people say, oh, the world's yours. You know, women are going to do it all. And and then you hit the wall of reality. And I, I think for me, the time travel of going back into being like, this is all possible, a woman's world where dream houses are our houses and we drive pink cars. And like, it just felt so validating in some way it was I don't know it was amazing for me I was an enormous Barbie fan I think that this movie works regardless if you ever played with a Barbie but for me I I was definitely living in that space where I was a tiny feminist playing with Barbies and I would get shit for it even then you know like oh you're gonna play with dolls like that's not you shouldn't be doing that and uh but I felt empowered by Barbie And so seeing this movie felt really like, oh, good. I wasn't like wrong. I don't know. Mm. It's difficult to articulate, but I I always felt some shame about how much I love Barbie. So this movie was like, oh, I I didn't need to be ashamed. It was, they were
0: badass. They weren't baby dolls because I hated baby dolls. Hated them. That's so amazing. I, I I never had a Barbie. So I had two older brothers. So you know it just wasn't in existence it wasn't for any like political statement from my (laughs) mum or anything it was just like you could just play with their toys I'm not buying like triple all the toys off your pop um Mm -hmm. and like I had a neighbor that had some but I never really played it when we went around there so I you know I have no connection to Barbie at all Mm. and of like the Barbie world I'm very middle on it I'm sort of like I agree with some of the unrealistic body standard stuff, yeah, but I also, but I'm also like, I think Barbie's done a lot in changing toy manufacturing in being diverse. And I don't know why my voice would not say so hi. Then, um, <laughs> and, and also, you know, when I look at Barbie as a grown up, and I go, oh god, that's actually amazing. I want my kid to play with a doll who's an astronaut, who's, but you know, ones who also don't have grand plans, who is just a lifeguard or whatever, because yeah. as we learn in the film, everybody just kind of wants a normal Barbie. <laughs> because, funny enough, we're most of us live ordinary lives. We are not extraordinary. Yeah. And yeah. and to have that reflected, you know, is great. And, I, you know, I have a daughter, and I've never really thought before about her playing with Barbie. Genuinely, it's not really been in my existence. There are toys that I don't like her to play with. But I've never thought about Barbie and upon watching this film it's made me think about actually Mm -hmm. it'd be pretty cool if she got a Barbie if she went and chose one she loves space that reflected that you know Mm -hmm. she you know Mm -hmm. well loves pets you know she loves animals why can't she have one that has a dog or whatever like and that for me was quite a revelation as well because I went into this film not thinking oh Barbie's a terrible thing or Barbie's a great thing just like really sort of genuinely no opinion which is probably even worse on it
1: Um. I don't think so I think they're not as present in the Mm. public consciousness as they were when I was a kid for sure and if I had had a daughter I think I wouldn't have wanted her to play with Barbies because of the body image stuff because it it is damaging I mean she does have she is a ridiculous beauty standard and so I think I would have so that's what's so interesting about about it viewing it from this space like I think she did me more good than harm but nothing is harmless you know 100% harmless and um I just thought the movie did an incredible job about addressing all of that and 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 the reality is is that any movie where they're talking about the patriarchy why did I why did I just not be able to say that um so openly and in a way that is not blaming anyone, like individuals for the system as it exists, I I thought it was brilliant. And I saw a tweet like somebody who was saying, you know, this may be intro to feminism, but I think we need intro to feminism, mm-hmm. and and I think we do. And I I think little children are probably walking out of barbie asking what's the patriarchy so the movie for me is a success like just right there but then it's cinema, it's it's so beautiful and like we were saying joyful and hilariously funny and we get to see ryan gosling dance and sing so i'm happy about that and <laughs> all of them and it's so was like what i would have wanted ken to be like yeah Not the part where he's just clueless, but this sort of just like fun guy who's just there when you need him. Like that's, that's what I wanted out of guys when I was eight years old. I didn't want complicated relationships. I just wanted him to be there for some singing and dancing and, and, and sex. I I don't know why. I mean, I do, but it's probably a little dark, but, um, I just, I thought it was like, I was prepared to love it. I went in ready to love it because i love lady bird i love little women i am incredibly impressed with what margot robbie has accomplished as an actor producer so and the whole cast you know it's like oh i love these people um but it, it has exceeded my expectations like exponentially
0: yeah i, I felt exactly the same i, I went in going i clearly going to love this film. <laughs> I know I'm going to come out and be like, five stars. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just, I I, I am still processing it. I'm still mm-hmm. thinking about mm-hmm. it. You know, I was there in the moment and loved it. I, lo- like I said, you know, I I laughed more than I've laughed in the film in a okay. really long time. And I've got a loud laugh, as we all know. So, um <laughs> I like oh. to think I was bringing the audience along with me because there were definitely patriarchy jokes that I was laughing at, and other people were a little bit, you know, <laughs> less exuberant about it. <clears throat> um, and the uh, my favorite joke, which I laughed the loudest at, which nobody apart from Kevin did, was the um, Zack Snyder's Justice League joke. Which uh, <laughs> oh god, which I
1: loved. Was that part of the whole me. deprogramming, or was that a different? Because I loved deprogramming. Okay. Yeah, all of those. <laughs> were so funny. And I think as a woman, probably both of us existing in these spaces where there's a lot of men talking about fandoms and going to film school. And I just, all of that was so close to home. Um, and all the guitar playing at also was so brilliant because there is so much, I mean, I had a friend text me like, just, just that, you know, (laughs) having guitar played at you. Oh my God. because you just feel it I think existing in these spaces where there's creativity and like conversations like um yeah that was a great joke so good <laughs> and the godfather uh, that one got me as a person who went to film school it was like hit me pretty hard and this, uh
0: is this the godfather I have never <laughs> seen this before will you explain it to me oh it's like yeah men and film men and comic books i don't need you to explain this to me thanks but as if my experience is the same
1: too like that i think it's getting at that a little bit like this assumption that my experience of the godfather or the justice league or every single kubrick film would be anything like your experience of those things and and i want to take a second to say there's a lot of people hating on barbie who've never seen it right? Like they are just sure that it's the woke fest or whatever bullshit they're saying. And I saw so many films that I knew I was going to hate just because I'd seen enough films by this filmmaker, or I knew the content was going to be triggering or whatever. And I saw them because it felt required being a woman in a space dominated by men. And so I watched them and formed very (laughs) nuanced opinions because i wasn't allowed to say i don't like this movie because it's offensive and it's belittling and it makes me feel like a piece of shit so i never got to say that so watching all of these men most mostly who are not seeing barbie and telling us how they feel about it fuck you
0: yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely Oops, it's it's it. just- and it's because they're scared by it as well, because it's something for us, and it reflects, you know, so we get so little in cinema that's for us and reflects yes. our experiences. <laughs> A tiny slice, and that's in. This is just two hours. We've been given right. two hours of our life, and you've got to encroach on that space. As I said, to you, you've got to centre yourselves mm-hmm. in this film produced by women, made by women, starring women about women four women who are going through this space and embracing being women and feeling the joy of yeah. being a woman amid the horrors of being a woman. And you have to say to yourself, of course you fucking do. Oh, of course you fucking do, because God forbid you have something that's not for you. You have all the other films, all of them. You can have them, right? <laughs> Even yeah. ones I love, just have them. But this is for me and this is mine. And I think that's what I'm still processing that, you know, I seeing myself on screen, seeing characters, knowing it's been written as things that I think, that I've said, that I've experienced, all in one is so rare. And then to have it be funny and powerful and emotional, yeah. you know, I was saying when we came out, I was saying, I'm so used to watching now. Big feminist, big intersectional feminist, but I'm so used to engaging with feminist work that doesn't make me feel good. Right, reminding
1: you of how rough it is to be a woman, as if you could ever forget.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I just, I haven't experienced the the way I felt drawing Barbie and after Barbie. Mm-hmm. And like even by the half, he loved it. He came out and said, "I know you love it more than me because it's for you." It was like, "It's not for me." Yeah. And he didn't and he was like he and he didn't share his opinion on it. I mean he has since, but he was like, you share your, you know, I know that you loved it. You tell me how you feel about it. Or if you don't want to, don't. Like and he was creating space for me to think about it and feel about it. And I'm like, that's like a powerful film. It <laughs> and is. it's about Barbie.
1: Right. Just and it and it is gonna sell a ton of Barbies. Like that's the amazing thing. Like it does work as a commercial
0: I mean I want to buy Barbie
1: yeah I'm 40 years old like and that's how it got made right because it does work as a commercial for Barbie um but that it's so (laughs) political and unapologetic about it Mm. and I think showing that that's possible that you can sell units of something while also being incredibly political um and that's what that's what so many of these people are threatened by if if barbie just tanked they would just feel like oh see this is you know feminist trash no one cares um but it's hugely successful and obviously women are seeing it who don't agree with its politics which i think is hopeful mm-hmm. in some way they're going maybe a little bit's like filtering in um because the whole you know <laughs> crux of the movie is how patriarchy is a disease that um we're not even aware we have which feels very apropos.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean women can be perpetrators of the patriarchy of course they can because we live in a patriarchal society. Yeah, so funny enough we need to be it. deprogrammed as the film exactly tells us. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and there's just so many so many you know the most obvious one is well so one of the things I try to explain men they'll often you know you'll be having conversations and they'll be talking about something and I'll say what you don't understand what it's like for being a woman is that whenever we are in a space we have to assess how safe we are and that mental energy is so draining and you know we've always got to be on alert we've always got to just understand our surroundings know how to take ourselves out of our surroundings, know how to placate people in our surroundings. And that's just like, this is why we can't have equality and equity because we're so busy just trying to live and survive, right? And rather than saying that, I'm like, I'm going to take the scene of Barbie and Ken on Venice Beach (laughs) when they're going on. She's suddenly like, I feel really unsafe. Yeah, and he's like I feel amazing he's like everybody's looking at me and she's like why is everybody looking at me because she's been living in her safe world where nobody looks at her where nobody Mm -hmm. objectifies her Mm -hmm. even Ken who's in love with her Mm -hmm. and wants to be her boyfriend even though he doesn't know what that means he doesn't objectify her in any way like none of the Kens do Mm -hmm. and I'm like I don't need to talk now I can just be like here's this clip off you go Mm -hmm. this is our life Mm. And this is how we feel all the time, and it's written. It, you know, it's written so brilliantly that it's. Yeah, I was like, I swear, the construction crew. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I swear, I have said these exact words uh, that Barbie is saying. I'm like, I'm sure I have said these words, and it's on screen. And I was just like, absolutely. You know, I just never never felt so validated watching a film, or just just seeing. And I just. And to, again, to talk about these things, I'm going to come, I need to stop saying the word joy and also need to look at some of my notes because um, this is just a ramble chat now. Um, it, like, I was laughing mm-hmm. at something that in my everyday life I hate <laughs> and causes yeah. me distress. And I was laughing because, you know, it's that type of humor, I can't think of the right words, where, you know, it's cathartic because I'm getting out these real life experiences that I have and it's so written so beautifully and acted so beautifully and delivered so beautifully that you you know it just feels so great I watch horror films because like life as a woman is shit and I know Mm -hmm. lots of women find that difficult in horror films because they're like I don't want to be the victim yeah exactly Mm -hmm. whereas I find that really emotionally freeing I don't need horror Mm -hmm. films anymore I've got Barbie (laughs)
1: I know. And can't you imagine there being sort of like Barbie viewing parties? I was thinking about, you saying you wish you'd seen it with women and I'm glad I saw it with my family. That's great, but it would be fun to see it again. with like a big group of women, like Rocky Horror Picture Show, like how that's an event you go and you do the thing. Like I can totally imagine that happening with Barbie, that people would like, you know, go see it with 20 friends or have a event screening because there, it would be fun. Like it's not a movie I'd be sad to see again. And I I could just see it again to bask in the experience of seeing it with other women.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. So what are your notes? Your Uh, notes aren't just (laughs) us talking about how great it is.
0: (laughs) I've got some proper notes. (laughs) Uh, about you know sort of uh, I'm just gonna just gonna go <laughs> over them because this is so much more fun but you know I, I've got notes around so I, the way it's shot and especially when you're in Barbie land and you know we talk a lot about the male gaze the female gaze I mean this is the most neutral gaze mm. and I love it and I I like it that felt just completely new to me mm. and it felt because um, I really should have done some more research. But for me watching it, I felt like when we're in Barbieland at the beginning, not at the end. I think there's a really interesting switch from Barbieland at the beginning to real life. And then mm. Kenland, Kentopia, whatever he calls it at the end. <laughs> um, um, but at the beginning, you feel so as if you're, it feels really wide and open and clean. And you can see everything. There's nothing to hide in Barbieland, right? Everything's there. And everything is what it is. There's nothing lurking around the corner. There's nothing scary. There's no peeking in over any shoulders. There's no listening in in any conversations. And which, you know, felt just absolutely just amazing seeing it on a big screen. But also, it felt like I was the player of Barbie. So Mm. it felt like if I was playing with Barbies, if I was doing imaginary play, this is exactly how. I would imagine it's how the camera feels. It feels like, okay, so I'm moving Barbie now, and I'm mm-hmm. moving her, floating down from her house, and I'm moving yeah. Barbie in the car, and this is how I see her in the car. And I just think putting that thought into it is so extraordinary. And then having mm-hmm. that switch when they're in the real life, and then the gaze changes. Mm-hmm. For both Barbie and Ken, which is really interesting, yeah. not just on Barbie, yeah. which I was fascinated with and I've only seen it once two days ago so I haven't had time to like process and think about that but I love that I love that immersion it just felt so open and wide and I felt invited in or as if I was a part of it and I just thought just just bringing that out in in the way she shot it and with her cinematographer and everything is just so fascinating and I think my classic refrain which I can never back up is that a male director would not do that?
1: <laughs> well, I just think it would be a completely different film if it was a. Ma- I don't. I just don't. <laughs> it's. It just wouldn't play the same, because there wouldn't be the, the understanding of the experience, like the shorthand that she has with the crew and the cast, and and the open opportunities. I'm guessing they had to contribute to these experiences we've all had. Um, I mean, she co-wrote the script with her partner. So there is a man involved in it. And I, and I think we can really feel that with Ken, because I did think Ken, I, I really appreciated when he is in the real world because she's having this awakening because she's never experienced the patriarchy. He's also having an awakening because he has never experienced it. And what, how intoxicating it is for him to realize like he just won life. And to watch someone have that realization, because that's not how it works in real life, because we grow up with it and 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 we and many of us question its existence, so we certainly don't say, "Oh, I won life or I lost life because of this I don't think I lost life," but you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and um i thought I thought that male perspective was really important, and is part of the reason the movie works so well because yeah. it doesn't treat Ken
0: with disdain um. I've, I've seen a few things again I've tried not to engage too much especially before I watched it and yeah again, I wanted to come into this but I've seen a few things that people say why is there so much Ken you know no why way. are we having to talk about Ken why is it his movie too it's called Barbie mm-hmm. but I think it's so important what we're seeing on screen with Ken again I, I think that's too. something we don't get to see mm-hmm. and you know I spent a lot of time for some reason, listening to podcasts or reading things about these terrible, toxic men whose names I won't say because the internet will search it and then their followers will harass me. Um,
1: <laughs> and there's so many, Ria, so many terrible, toxic men. I don't even know which ones you're talking about. <laughs> could be the one who was just indicted. Could not
0: be. Oh, true, could be. <laughs> who knows which one it is. Um, mm-hmm. And and I love that, for, well, for me watching this film, i was seeing what was happening to ken and i was like this is what is happening to teenage boys yeah absolutely and it's just borderly there on screen it's just showing us yeah. in this two-hour film it's just sure show- and i was just and i just i i can't get over how tapped into these systems and these things that are happening and these ideas this film is and it's exploring it in two hours. And I agree with you. I've got no time for people who are like, oh, well, it could have done this and it could have done that. I've not really heard too much of that. It's because, just starting to happen. I think because oh, it's um, been
1: out a couple of weeks yeah. and it's made hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. And so it's like, well, what about Ugh. and it, and it's partially people just realizing there's a space for that or a market for that. So they're capitalizing on that yeah. because, you know, people saying Barbie's amazing. Sure, it is.
0: Well, it doesn't solve
1: everything
0: to do with the patriarchy. (laughs) It's a two hour film. Calm down.
1: Yeah. And it's a film in general. Do films solve problems? I feel at their best, they open discussions. I don't think they solve anything. I think they give people a vehicle for conversation. And and this film does that. And on top of it, it entertains us. And like you say, so often films that are intended for, you know, intersectional feminists are not a wild fun ride. So it, I was, really. I'm relieved that I just get to go to a film and enjoy myself because I, my tolerance for those kinds of films, especially once I had children and, and spending a lot more time with healing my trauma, it's like, I'm actually spending a good amount of time on these topics and reading books and engaging in conversations and, you know, doing I, I just kind of want to go see an entertaining movie yeah I, I don't I don't I because when I was in my 20, 20s I was like oh is this movie really just so sad please sign me up <laughs> I mean, yeah I just watched yeah. so many films that were just like at the end you just I want to just lay in bed and cry that was like my genre <laughs> and I can't now when I watch those films I, I mean I can't even watch them because it's mm. just like I, it's okay it's okay But it felt so validating at that age to feel like I'm not alone with this grief of what it is to be me and live in this world. Um, I know I'm not alone anymore. Mm. I know that so many, and and honestly, that's because of media that I know I'm not alone. And now I want to celebrate what we all, the joy. I know I'm not broken. So I don't need to see as many things about how I'm not the only one who feels broken. I know I'm not the fucking systems that are so let's so i'm excited to have a film that's about that and celebrating just the gloriousness of all of us and our existence because it is and that's what this film was for me was like yes this system is fucked up and it is affecting all of us but as individuals we are
0: incredible yeah and that for me was really powerful at the end with Barbie it's just being like you know and and I thought again done very well where she's saying I'm not beautiful anymore I'm Mm -hmm. not perfect anymore obviously it's Margot Robbie they're not idiots the filmmakers you know and everything involved in it they know what they're doing but you know what she's really saying is I'm not not even doing this on purpose I'm not in the box that I'm supposed to be in anymore Mm -hmm. and as a a middle-aged woman who started to give less fucks about everything. That's right. again I was like feeling very validated and feeling yeah. very seen especially when everybody around her is like whoa what are you talking about you're still you and you're still a person in the world and you deserve to have happiness and joy and in your own agency and it's you know it's I can see Kristen's being like as they call out in the film with Helen Mirren as the narrator being like You shouldn't cast Margot Robbie. Again, they know what they're doing. But I can see like people being like, oh, blah, blah, blah about it. But it's like, hey, let's all just read the subtext. Let's read, you know, you can read more into this. You can still connect with something, even if you don't look like Margot Robbie. And, you know, and also she's just such an exceptional actress that it really doesn't matter. And they do make her look less perfect, obviously, purposely throughout the film. And it's just like, it's those little things that are so great. That you know, from the, just from the very beginning when we first see her come down, was like the two thousand and one monolith, and um, and she's you know she looks plastic, and then when she starts to be like, does anybody think about dying? She's looking a lot, and you know, all the way through. And I love that. I just like you said, it the whole thing feels like a collaboration. It feels like everybody's involved, and it feels like the most obvious thing has had the most intricate put bit of thought put into it and it just it does feel like that like everything was every detail was given so much
1: attention and and I think it's also important to say even if you look like Margot Robbie you still look in the mirror in the morning and find flaws like there is not a person I don't think man or woman I mean I guess there are some dudes who look in the mirror and go I look amazing good for you (laughs) um but the ones in my life don't so um everyone looks in the mirror at some point with critics with criticism of themselves. Um, And it'd be great if we didn't, but we do. So um, I want to say, this is not on topic, but it just made me think of it when you were the, the played with too much Barbie was so, like that was one of those moments where I really felt seen because everyone who played with Barbies regularly knew someone who fucked up their Barbie like that or did that. And I just loved it. Like those kinds of things and the, and the drinking out of the cup that has no liquid and then drinking out of the cup that does have liquid and obviously the feet, everyone's talking about that, but there are a lot of those things that acknowledge how we actually play with these toys. And and I loved that too. Like there was there was speaking of details, so it is related. Um, the details of like acknowledging this is a toy. People play with this toy. Here is how they, and like you say at the beginning, when she just floats down from the second story and takes a shower and there's
0: no water. <laughs> so good. I laughed so hard, <laughs> so hard. I feel like everybody was just like, Who is this woman? Just oh god,
1: and she does it so well, like she takes a shower with no water and and that is like what it's like when you're playing with your Barbies, you know, and when he tries to go surfing in the ocean, oh but he can't. Um, it's just, that's, that's what it is. There was no opportunity for them to go swimming in the pool with no water, but that was also
0: experience that happens a lot with your Barbies. You sort of just lay them in the pool. Again, like- I love that in, in all the dream houses and they had the pool, <laughs> he comes down the slide and doesn't splash. And then just like, walks off and just like uh the set design is just they must have had the best time i just yes and the song at the beginning when she wakes up and it matches up to everything that she's doing and it just it's that it's the care it's the care that's taken in this film is about a toy yes you know and there are big name directors who make films like transformers who don't Mm -hmm. care about that and it's kind of like
1: and there's uh, no wink wink isn't this mm-hmm. silly that we're making a movie like it takes itself so seriously, which was something that I was relieved, like because mm-hmm. I wasn't there for some thing that's going to make fun of this like it takes itself seriously Barbie world Barbies playing with Barbies, the people who play with Barbies, which I was laughed at constantly by my family for playing with Barbies. So I, I felt like oh yeah this this mattered and it's it's funny how it starts so early Mm. this kind of like oh you're a girl you're playing with barbies but these boys playing with army toys of course they're playing with army toys that makes sense um (laughs) so it was i just i it was it was it's an achievement like it's truly a cinematic achievement and i want to say with the sets too like this is something cody and i have been talking about i did not see oppenheimer because i don't know if i can handle it but he did he's i don't know if you've heard of him but he's a big christopher nolan fan so <laughs> <laughs> this
0: is christopher nolan guy he sounds like really under the radar yeah
1: he directed this movie not a lot of people have heard of it called the dark knight um oh, so no, no, i'll put that on my watch
0: list
1: <laughs> it's like, oh, the gall of someone who's directed a batman movie being a you know little known director I or, know.
0: No.
1: <laughs> so He went, and so we were having a lot of conversations about the power of practical sets and Mm -hmm. um, extras who are human beings and not AI and how our brains, like as viewers, we do register these things. We feel more emotionally involved with something that has practical sets, that has actual extras because it feels like a world we can inhabit. And and I want to say to all these executives who are never going to listen to this, when you want to cut costs by having everything CGI or having AI. That is part of the reason these movies aren't successful because as viewers, we do not feel relating, we don't relate to this product. And that's, that is a part of why Barbie is so successful because we are with her in her world and mm-hmm. it feels real. Mm-hmm. If it felt fake, the movie wouldn't have worked the same way, mm-hmm. period. It's not that complicated. It needed to feel like we were hanging out with Barbie and Barbie world. And we did. And like you say, the sets are amazing. The costumes are beautiful. You know, it's, you feel like you can touch it. And you feel like the world is inhabited with real Barbies and Kens and a Midge and an Alan. Um, (laughs) I don't know where Skipper was. She was there for a moment, right? Yeah, she was. Yeah. She didn't get enough attention as far as (laughs) I was concerned. Skipper, uh, I like Skipper.
0: I, I had to look up who Skipper was afterwards.
1: Oh, there you go so was she just in the 80s i did think about oh maybe she didn't get enough attention because she was just like my era of barbie and
0: yeah she didn't so, really yeah. exist otherwise yeah no, yeah i figured was just that. sort of like bringing in a little extra character yeah. like dawning yeah. buffy it was like just bringing in a little extra character yeah so i just
1: think all that practical actually building sets and costumes and having bodies as extras these things matter more than most executives want to admit that they matter.
0: Yeah,
1: and then we felt them when we were watching it. Yeah, there's only so far our brain will go
0: with imagining worlds. Our brains don't want to do that
1: much imagining.
0: What's I've got nothing movies? to add. To you just all, all I want to add <laughs> is shout out to Leavesden Studios, which is where it's filmed, <laughs> which is sort of yes. around my neck of the woods, which yes. is one of the biggest studios. Uh, for for set building, I got to visit a good few years ago uh, when I worked semi in the industry, and it is the most amazing place. And we came out of it, and we said that was filmed somewhere in the UK, it was in one of the studios in the UK. Because I mean, I don't know, this was like ten years ago, whatever. I worked in the industry, but studios in the UK take a lot of pride in practical sets, and it is a big thing and they rent out their spaces for years yeah. and you know and it, it is a huge thing here and in in the UK film industry so I did feel I was like it's got to be it's got to be here and I was like is it which one is it and we did like a little bit but we still had to google it so it's like so just like that felt really amazing as well knowing that it went they were in a real life studio where I know that they care and it's important as well so you know that it it makes it all feel so collaborative and as somebody who's like like you a little bit of behind the scenes film geek you're more so than me because you've actually done that stuff but you know it makes it feel exciting and and all of those other words which I'll just list off so I won't say them before we go well actually there's something you were saying that I do want to talk about which was about play and you know I've, I've spoken to Jess about this a lot she's always like, oh you know you seem really into play with your with your daughters like I am yes like, you were talking about
1: it on literature for life yeah right?
0: yeah like you know she's a kid she loves play I love play I you know I'd love to go back, back to being a kid and just being able to play all the time it's amazing imagination like I think imagination is the most important thing and it makes me so sad when you were saying about people <laughs> being mean to you about playing with Barbies because yeah again like I came out of this film and I wanted to play. I wanted it to be the next day and to sit down and play and be like, hey, let's make up a world with my daughter. And I was just like, again, you know, I am a 40-year-old woman (laughs) and I do like imagination and play and stuff like that. The fact that it made me feel like that and want to come out and be like, oh, my God, I want to go and find a Barbie and, Mm -hmm. and we can act out stuff. Like, I just... Like I don't there's I, I don't feel like that when I watch kids' films, for example, you know, and they are trying to sell you stuff. I'm not like, oh, now I want to go and play. And I felt like this afterwards. I wanted to sit and connect with her, much like which is the final point I wanted to get on, which I didn't want to go past. We have to talk about uh Gloria America Ferrara's character. Um and you know, and how she wants to play and she wants to connect with her daughter, and she's doing that through Barbie dolls and and like I mean. I was just in bits. Again, as somebody who loves play and imagination and constantly wants to have that connection with my kid, I'm dreading when she becomes a teenager and she's too cool for doing all of those stuff with me. I will be in bits and it's totally fine and totally normal and she needs to go and discover who she is by herself without me wanting to play with her all the time. It's fine, but I'm telling you now, I will be crying.
1: <laughs> and- I think as a person who's livid- lived it, living it, um, it's gradual and I think other avenues open you know and I, I think Gloria her daughter has completely shut her out right it's not that she doesn't want to play with her anymore she doesn't want anything to do with her and that's like the heartbreak comes from that piece um and that is heartbreak I am not in that space we still do things together and we enjoy things together but I appreciated even like speaking of the little things like we we're talking about the deprogramming I loved it when Gloria was like an amazing driver. Yeah. her daughter was like how did you learn to drive like this she's like oh you know a guy yes it was your dad you know and yeah then he de- dad. It's definitely so was not, not him um i love just a little wink at like that mothers are people mm-hmm. that had lives before they had children um <clears throat> and and she held all of that so well america like that she is this complex woman who is living with these realities, but also loves her daughter, has a job, does all the things she needs to do. Um, I, I think, you know, America Ferrera is an incredibly lovable person. Like you mm-hmm. just see her on screen and you just identify with her. Um, so she was a great choice to deliver that speech because I think that it could be alienating for some viewers. And she managed to pull people in. I think for the most part, she's bringing people along with her. Um, and you have to be an incredibly sympathetic person to do that because people are going to turn it off. Some people are going to turn it off. And then other people like me will be like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. Yes. What she said.
0: Yeah. Um, because I didn't know how that speech was going to be delivered. So I'd seen all the Instagram mm-hmm. posts on it and everything, as much as I've been trying to avoid it, I think that was the one thing I knew that was happening, that she was mm-hmm. going to do that speech. And I knew like the first two lines of it, because you got you're scrolling through and you're like, ah, for God's sake, ah, quick, go past it. Um, but you read the first two lines, right? So I didn't know. And I appreciated that she doesn't deliver it in like a shouty loud raised voice angry way it's and and that's kind of what I was expecting Mm -hmm. that is like polemic yeah
1: it's like here I'm gonna tell you the truth right now no it's it's delivered like this is painful yeah this thing that I live with it's really painful here's what it's like it is painful it's painful for all of us it doesn't serve anyone not even the people who are quote-unquote benefiting from it
0: yeah absolutely so i don't know about in your in your cinema or your theater but i mean women were just crying in my view yeah. just like yeah 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 this was again just so because it wasn't wasn't like when you go and see room and everybody's crying because of all of the sad i couldn't see know, that stuff that i read the book and i was like absolutely not i, <laughs> I cannot watch this because when we went to see that film <laughs> we oh, saw Jesus. it in like one of the curzons in central London and there was a woman in that sat in front of us that literally from the moment it started till it ended was sobbing yeah and I was genuinely to be like I think you need to leave the in not in it because she was disturbing this way but I was like I don't think this is healthy for you In well maybe that, was it was therapeutic like, maybe yeah but, but you know I was just really like I wanted to be like, are you okay? Do you need anything anything? Do you need some help? Are you okay? But the crying in Barbie was very different. It was, yeah. you know, it was very, yeah. you know, again, I think being acknowledged, being seen
1: mm-hmm.
0: the way that most, well, not my, a lot of women feel is being delivered in what's really just the most beautiful way. Yeah. And just, yeah, and just I mean, I came out and I was like, again. I like all the awards. I know that they're stupid. I know that they are. But I just I just love the stupidity of it and I'm fully on board with it. But I was like, Oscar's for absolutely everyone. Just mm-hmm. like no yeah. other films, don't bother. Just we've got it. We've got Barbie done. It's a absolutely masterful done. film. Yeah. It really
1: is. Like a- apart from the message and everything, it is incredibly well done. And I hope that it's used, and I think it will be because of its commercial success as a template for films that want to address real issues and also make us laugh like you have this now as a reference point you know like this exists this can happen but it takes full commitment and that's the thing that watching it was stunning to me and with the America for our speech like that made it in the final cut I don't oh my god how many arguments did they have to have about that um but full commitment like they went all all the way there on everything and that's why the movie works and I I don't Know if there are enough conversations about how tonally this film is so hard, so challenging to Mm -hmm. do what they did here. Um, And they only were able to do it because everyone had full buy-in. Because if you even had one Ken who was, like, winking about what he was doing, it would take you out of it. Mm -hmm. Everyone. Like, full on in the dance numbers, with the jokes. Like, when they're talking about beaching each other off, nobody is laughing about it which is very hard to do and and barbie when she's all the changes she goes through and even her last line she doesn't wink about it you know she's at a gynecologist appointment what a great ending um because what is happening with her we all want to know yeah um so it's just uh, it's and and I think from what I hear, Oppenheimer is very similar. So I, I think this whole Barbenheimer phenomenon, we've been talking about it a lot and how there is still this hunger for event scheduling and event films and that they've sort of been trying to make us believe this didn't exist anymore. But it does. And it doesn't need to be a franchise and it doesn't need to be a sequel. It just needs to be great.
0: Yeah. And I love that about the whole I can't say it Barbieheimer, Barbieheimer thing. I can't do it. I keep on trying to do it. Um that it's not a versus, it's an yeah. end. Yes. Wasn't and that wonderful? Yeah. Like as somebody who loves cinema, I'm like, yeah. oh my God, like this is what it should be.
1: Yes. The Killian Murphy's on the red carpet saying, Oh, of course I'm gonna see Barbie. Yeah. You know. Um and and I think most people in the business want great success for everyone because yeah. you know. High water, whatever that saying is, we all float with something, you know, you know what I'm (laughs) saying? So, and it's true. And I think as cinema lovers, who wouldn't be excited about that? Like, and I have to say at the beginning, I thought, oh, I can't believe they're programming these two films on the same weekend. This seems like, you know, ridiculous. There's plenty of space for other films. But then as the ramp up started, it's like, oh, this is incredible. This is people are talking about these films more because of each other yeah and they're so different and obviously that's part of it because if you had two films that were somewhat similar it wouldn't work in the same way but um but they do have in common I think someone at the helm with a vision a studio that trusted them um full buy-in from everyone involved huge budgets uh practical sets and extras and just and Oppenheimer shooting on film like
0: and i'm sure barbie did as well but not 70 imax or whatever but um Mm, that's a good question i don't know if barbie is shot in film because wouldn't film make it feel no maybe it would be world rather than yeah now i
1: i'm gonna go google that when we're done but i think they have a lot in common their their content is very different but i think what makes the film successful there's the venn diagram there's a lot of overlap Mm. so we need to you know value creative people, pay them a fair wage and um, stop trying to give their jobs up to AI. And
0: like, we've been making movies like this for a long time for a reason. There you go, that's where we end it. Perfect. I mean, I'm about to thank you for coming to talk to me about Barbie, (laughs) but I'm not sure you had much choice.
1: No, I did have a choice. I was so relieved that you saw it because I was just over here in the chat like Barbie, but trying not to (laughs) spoil it for anyone. So i'm so grateful and um if you i want to say thank you to listeners because i know you have a million choices of podcasts even barbie podcasts Mm -hmm. so thank you for taking the time to listen to us and if you have some film you'd like to talk about ria's here yeah she wants to talk about it with you
0: yes please i love talking about film in general but especially film about women for women Mm -hmm. all the usual stuff that i said at the beginning And I just bring me more Barbie films, not I don't mean like sequels. I mean, more films like this that we can talk about and just have joy. And I've done my my classic thing. You've not got enough time to read my notes, which is not just me talking about how much I I love Barbie. Um, I think at some point you have to accept that your notes are just preparatory,
1: and they are less to be used in the moment so that you don't need to give yourself a hard time for not using them because
0: you're not going to use them.
1: They're just getting you in the headspace.
0: Yeah. That, I mean, that is true. I like What that. you're doing that's, is great. That's a good lesson. Keep Thank you, it. Alison. Everybody take that away. Let's all go be creative <laughs> and let's just blast out our thoughts on everything <laughs> rather than being remotely coherent. I think this was very coherent, actually. And give myself some credit. Barbie yeah. would not stand for that statement that's at I mean. all. None of the Barbies would have any of that. Wasn't that affirming at the beginning of the film when they were like, I am amazing. Thank you for this award. Because I was like, ladies, we need to be more like that. That is what we need to do. We need to stop doing this. Other people worked on it. It wasn't really me. No, we need to claim our achievements, our space and kick ass. Agreed. There we go. So come talk to us about Barbie. We'll talk about it so much more. <laughs> and other things but thank you for listening uh go subscribe make sure you follow us so you get more amazing content from both Alison and I more film on film more other amazing things I've got some amazing film on film episodes coming up uh I spoke to Ada and Tony Holt about Tank Girl which was just the most delightful conversation I've had in a very long time. It made me feel very invigorated. And then I couldn't sleep for like two hours afterwards because mm-hmm. I was just too excited by the conversation. And then I've got one of the weirdest femme on film conversations I've ever had with a uh, friend of the pod, Tony Farina, about Assassination Nation, which is mm-hmm. a film not directed by a woman. And you can mm-hmm. very much tell that we both really needed to talk about it. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we are both spending just over an hour being like what is this film is it good <laughs> are some of the messages good i don't think it is good but it does say an interesting i don't know <laughs> so it's thrilling content it's much better than it sounds i've not done it justice but so like a yeah. to me about film come talk to the rest of my co-hosts. our listeners are so important to us and we also want to hear from you and hear your voices this is what we are a safe space like subscribe all that normal stuff um amazing thank you Alison. Thank you, Ria. Smash the
1: paint, Jermon's <laughs>